WGTs after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. Talking about dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, this is that Drake pound cake beat. Man, it's it's, it's, it's a good song though. We're here on eighty eight point three WTS. After further review, we got David the Man and got Harris on the phone lines. David, you still there? I know you didn't hang up on us again. Nope, I'm still here. Oh, man, David, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Real quick, did you get did you get that pound cake? There's no no pound cake. A little bit of dressing, a little bit of ham. No turkey. Turkey's kind of pop popper, depending on how turkey's overrated. But I, yeah, it me. depends how you make it. If, if you got that dry turkey, it's disgusting. But yeah, I mean the only, the only thing that turkey's good on is a, a turkey sandwich. Uh, yeah, that is true because you can add a lot of condiments to it with 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 that. But just to eat regular turkey, so I I had fried turkey. It was okay, but some sometimes if you cook it right, it can be very juicy. You gotta you gotta smoke you gotta smoke it. Yeah, smoked turkey is really good. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it depends. And plus, turkey also puts you to sleep too. I mean, that's just my experience. I don't know about you guys, especially <laughs> coupled with uh, uh, lousy football. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's the double whammy right there. Yeah, you're right. With lousy football, the turkey can be very bad. Um, so, David, we, right now, as you know, we're going to get into your winners and losers. And as always, we try to. I know you can't hear it because the phones don't work here, but we got to put your music up real quick. All right, David, go ahead. All right, so winners and losers from a jam-packed Thanksgiving weekend. We'll start off with the winners. We talked a little bit about earlier. Winners, the Detroit Lions fans, just all over. Like, Matt Patricia's gone. Bob Quinn's gone. I guess it's a brand-new day. Time will tell. But kind of particularly after that performance on Thanksgiving, it was kind of the final nail in the coffin. So shout-out to Lions fans. A true victory for the first time in I don't know how many years that they've been that happy. Well, David, uh, I will, I will, uh, I get where you're coming from, but I will uh, not call Lions fans winners until the Ford family sells the team. <laughs> That's true. Uh, enough second winner will stick right there in the studio. I'm going to put Derek. You as the winner. Why? Because cause we all watch Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're. You're right. Trubisky is trash. I mean, let let me show you my shocked face. I mean, I was clamoring, maybe, maybe kind of sitting, being behind Nick Foles for a while. He would learn. He no, like underthrowing receivers, underthrowing targets. The offense really didn't look like it was that much 
like better with Mitch Trubisky than Nick Foles. Again, we've talked about this offense for for a while, trying to utilize a running back as a power back. That's you know Robinson got seventy yards on one carry. I believe he ended up with ninety yards overall in the game. One of his carries was for seventy, and it was and that was in the first quarter. And I believe he ended up with ninety yards. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's bad. It's it's and you, people are saying it's Matt Nagy and the play calling, but you know now that Matt Nagy, I believe, is given giving it to the offensive coordinator. You, you don't have it. You got re- talented receivers, but you got quarterbacks that can't really give them the ball. But you got to have bounce in the NFL. You don't have a running game. You just don't. And Trubisky's t- terrible. I don't understand what people see in him. I understand he's a great guy, and I understand people want to give him a chance and everything, but. If if you got to sit there and say, well, the, the he needs the right coaching staff, he needs this, he needs that, you're usually a backup to a nobody quarterback. Look at Baker Mayfield; they found something for him a running game and him being a game manager. He's a, he's a decent starting quarterback in the NFL. If you would have put Trubisky and switch roles with Baker Mayfield, I don't think the Browns have eight wins. It's just it's just face it, Trubisky's just not really a great quarterback it's just what it is and I've known that the last three years and I knew that when Aaron Rodgers got injured and brought the the uh, Packers all the way back on a Sunday night football game in Lambeau and beat the Bears after he had just signed Khalil Mack after he had a monster game at linebacker and Rodgers was out of the game Deshaun Kaiser came in didn't did okay kind of kept them around but it looked like the the win was for the bears and then aaron Rodgers just came in and just and said hold my beer and watch this yes he said hold my milwaukee's best and he pretty much put on a milwaukee's best in green bay and he did it again on sunday night i mean it's old hat david i'm used to it i i, I really want to support the bears but when we play the packers i already know what's gonna happen we're gonna get fish fresh fish fried by aaron Rodgers. And real quick, since you touched on, I was going to put Mac Nagy as a loser just simply for his comments after the game, that saying that his basically, you know, his defense was fault for getting towards even those offense and you know, put well, up points. That's a whole nother. But your defense is on the field all the time. You're not going to stop a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Come on, if their defense is on the field, yeah. to me, time time over possession is just ridiculous of what the, the the Packers had. I mean, just let's just face it: the the, the defense is worn down now. I mean, early on, yeah. the defense looked great, but they're on the field almost all. They're on the field 80% of the time. So, I mean, eventually they're going to get worn out, and it, yeah. it, it is what it is. So, I mean, they were 5-1. and one, Now they're 5-6, and six, and they're got to play the Lions. I mean, it's it just what it is. I, to me, at this point, like I said, I have there's no hope for me. It's just not. Even if the Bears were to get in the top 10, I'm sure they'll pick – a defensive player. They're not going to pick a quarterback. Like I said, as long as McCaskey's in there and she's thinking, get somebody like Dick Buckus. We're going to win now. Eh. Loser. Keep going, David. Just, just, as a matter of fact, just put the Bears as losers every week in your winners and losers. Uh, yeah, I mean, we probably could. Yeah. yeah. The thing with the winner, the Cleveland Browns. Okay, wow. Finally not having you know, a losing record. Granted, the way that they won was disrespectful, and honestly, they probably should have lost to Mike Lennon, who hadn't played a professional game in two years. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, a win is a win. And so. Yes, it is. And the Bears, I mean, if the Browns win against Tennessee, which will, which is a game, 
that you got to watch. If they beat Tennessee, they'll be guaranteed a winning season with nine wins. They haven't won eight wins. They haven't had won eight games since 2007. But to get nine wins, they possibly could go 11 and five. I think that the two losses and possibly, and I don't know about the Ravens, but we do know the Steelers will probably beat them. But that's in week 17, so maybe they might rest some guys. But the, how the Ravens are looking, they might get a win. You never know. This team could possibly go 13-3 and three if they sweep through. I don't see that happening. I do think they'll probably lose to the Ravens and the uh, Steelers. But I can see them beating possibly the Titans. And then they've got the Jets and the Giants, the New York duo. <laughs> the New York doo-doo. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, exactly. The New York doo-doo. <laughs> Be careful stepping in it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that is true because they, they, they could drop a stinker against the Jets and let the Jets get that one win in the season. Oh, and that's that not good happens. for the Brown swag at all. Keep going, David. Aaron, sticking with kind of this region of uh, the country, Buffalo football. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills have leaps and kind of bound the best team in the AFC East. Not, I wouldn't say not surprisingly. I think all of us are surprised that Miami's the second team and not New England. But shout-out to University of Buffalo running back James Patterson. Now, for us in the MAC, we've seen James Patterson run rough shots, mm-hmm. particularly last year. And now I think, and of course it happens every year, like, oh, this, you know, the world finally sees what we all recognize. Same thing happened with... Um, uh, uh, Brandon Corey Oliver. With, or, yeah, same thing happened with Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. Corey Davis at Western. Like, one Kareem Hunt, Antonio Brown. Like, oh, like, oh who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who's this rising star? And now you have all these stories about James Harrison. Like, like I love, I appreciate the, that he's getting the national respect, but he's been good before, you know, running for 400 yards and eight touchdowns. Both which were impressive, but yeah, just gotta give a shout to Mr. Patterson. Yeah, he 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 actually came up. I believe it was was it nineteen yards shy of the all time NCAA record, but he did set the all time on single game record with not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, eight touchdowns. Well, it's funny because he plays at Buffalo and they have the same amount of fans during COVID as before COVID because there was no, there was no one ever at those football games. I feel so bad. Khalil Mack was a great – and you, know, you guys know we call games when Khalil Mack was at Buffalo, but it used to really be interesting to watch some, some Buffalo games on TV and see barely any fans. And it's interesting now that – Teams can only have parents and family at the games, and the Buffalo, the stadium at the at Buffalo plays in, looks the same pre-COVID as it does during COVID. Which that could be a loser right there. But go ahead, David. That's your segment. Yeah, and my apologies, it's Jared, not James okay. from the Patterson. But yeah, Jared Patterson just dynamic. Yeah, Jared Patterson, my bad. He's, he's going to play on Sundays for sure. Right. Uh, continuing sticking in the college ring. Our boy, Matt Campbell, and Iowa State mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to the Big 12 championship game. And again, I'd a coach with a national profile. 
that had humble beginnings from Mount Union to Toledo and now kind of doing what we all thought he would do anyways because he had success here at Toledo. But, yeah, kind of the national recognition and rightfully so being looked at as a kind of a coach that can instill a culture that getting back to what we were talking about with the Lions, kind of players respect him. Uh, he's a class man from the top down, and even some of his former players, if you see on social media, uh, what Matt Campbell in the, is doing in Ames is going to make Iowa State a force to be reckoned with, even if they don't, which even if they don't win the Big Twelve this year. But I think that they will. Well, Matt Campbell could, uh, I've been hearing, could be headed potentially elsewhere this off season. I've heard. I've just heard speculation. I'm not saying that what I heard is gospel. Well, I mean, if you're kind of a hot name coach, kind of a similar situation, kind of even with last season, where people were kind of throwing out Matt Campbell's name as a potential seat, kind of jump to an, I guess, quote unquote, bigger Power Five program than Iowa State. But I, honestly, I don't think he'll leave because he wants to build that program up. And then, kind of, once kind of he's satisfied with what he's doing in Iowa State, then maybe he can make a jump. But for now, yeah, I think Ames has their guy. Yeah, well, the, th- the thing about Campbell is he he he's a culture builder. That's why he said players like him and they buy in because he built he builds a culture. I mean, that's Ooh, what he maybe did. Matt, Matt Patricia shouldn't get a lessons from him. <laughs> yeah, well, because Campbell built a culture at Toledo. He's built a culture at Iowa State, and I think wherever he goes next, he's going to build a culture. I mean, he's he's not going to go and get in like the the blue chip recruits, but I mean, he's going to get guys who will fit his system. Will he knows will buy in. He knows they're going to love and embrace the process. All about the process. Trust the process. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay, David, I don't mean to hijack this, but since we're talking about the process, I I don't know if I'm going to be stealing your thunder from a potential loser, but it just so happened that after the Monday after losing to Penn State, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh, when asked about how the results was happening, he said, oh, everyone's so results-oriented. It's all about the process. You don't get to talk about the process in your sixth year. Mel Tucker can talk about the process because he's in year one at Michigan State. Hey, And some people say, well, you just said Matt Campbell talks about the process. That's because Matt Campbell gets results. He gets wins against the big boys in the Big 12. He's beaten Texas. He's beaten Oklahoma. Has Michigan beaten Ohio State? Dial tone. So that's why... So, I mean, David, I apologize if I stole your thunder, but to me, that's why Jim Harbaugh is a loser because now he's realized that he's beaten, he's broken, and he very well could be out the door. That's just my thoughts, but proceed. Yeah, I wasn't. I was actually going to. I have Penn State listed as a winner because they finally got the shot. I wasn't going to touch Jim Harbaugh because at this point, he's just there for the paycheck. 
at this point. Well, right now he's there for Frank Bashan to kick him while he's down because I could tell the, the, the joy, the jubilation in your voice when you talk about Jim Harbaugh and his failures. I mean, look, as a, I mean, as a Michigan State fan and seeing you, I'm sure that my fellow Spartan brethren and also all my Buckeye brethren would love for him to stay there just so they could continue to kick his ass consistently. But I don't think he's going to be there that much longer. Mm-hmm. We'll keep going, David. All right, and then the last winner that I had for going to stay right there in that state, Michigan State. Now, it's been an up-and-down season. A lot of people knew that going in. But the top of a Northwestern team kind of been doing really, I don't want to say convincingly, but from the beginning they looked like they were kind of the better of the two teams. Northwestern was always seemingly kind of a step behind. And I think that's a signature win for Mel Tucker. Even, and I say that even more so than beating Michigan at like week two. And I say that because I think Mel Tucker is really establishing himself that he can kind of be there for the long term. He can be kind of a thorn in Ohio State's side. Now because Penn State's kind of going through a turbulent year, Michigan's going through a turbulent year, and you never know the way that the cookie crumbles. Michigan State, within the next five years, I think could win the Big Ten. Now, I'm not. Do I think that Ohio State's going to be a constant stumbling block? Yeah, because it's Ohio State, and they always kind of pay players under the table to come to Columbus. That's just you know reckless speculation. <laughs> so I mean. Well, well, like, da- well, yeah. David. Also, you me- you mentioned that Mel Tucker could have Michigan State win the Big Ten. Well, you do realize how tough the Big Ten East is going to be getting. I mean, you have Ohio-, Ohio State is Ohio State. Hey, I mean, well, I mean, I know I've said there could be a time where Ryan Day may want to head to the NFL, but I digress. So we'll see what. But they're always still going to be up there. I mean, Penn State, James Franklin is much a, as much as I think that some of his in-game decisions are highly questionable. The guy is a recruiter, and you look and look at a team like like Indiana. Tom Allen has built a culture there. He's got guys buying in. Look at Greg Schiano at Rutgers. He's a culture builder too. I mean, he's. I mean, Rutgers isn't, I don't think they're going to be, they're anywhere close to being what they were in the mid-2000s, but they're not the, do- they're not the doormat of the conference anymore. They're just, a, they're just a pain in the ass to play against. Maryland, I think, Mike Loxley, he's a recruiter. He's bringing, te- he's bringing his guys in, and they're buying in as well. So, and I mean, Mel Tucker, is he... I'm really not really. I'm not sure what he is. If he's a culture builder or a recruiter, I mean, he may very well be a combination of both things. He's going to get there in due time, and that's why. And that's why I have said uh, that I think Michigan's going to end up having to make a change because if they don't, they're going to be very well staring at the bottom of the barrel in a tough Big Ten East. I'm not saying that the Big Ten East is going to be the same level as the SEC West is, but you know, in terms of competitiveness, 
yeah, it could be there. And you know what? You've got to either you have to either uh, you have to adapt and evolve, or you're going to be dead in the water. True. Still there, David? Did we lose him? Oh, he's still there. Yeah, he's still there, David. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the, so the last winner for me is Sarah Fuller. We're all aware of the story. Her first woman to play a professional or to play a snap in a Power Five program. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know, a lot of people were being flat out haters, saying, you know, oh, it's Vanderbilt. It's still Power Five school. Oh, you know, it was just a squib kickoff, knowing that. There are a lot of kickers that can't do squib kickoffs the way that that was intended. So just shout out to Sarah Fuller just as a whole. And their game just got postponed, I believe, didn't it? Because they had coronavirus. Yeah, against Georgia. Yeah. And Derek Mason just got fired. So this is something historical, and then they fired him. Yeah, but I mean, let's just stop with Vanderbilt football being relevant. Like, we know. Vanderbilt should just move to the ACC because there's some football programs that are just clearly are there just because it's, you know, a Division One program. Well, I think it's the prestigiousness of the academics that Vanderbilt has to have with the SEC because everyone just thinks it's all about the ball, you know, the ball coach, the ball, the football. So you got to have that prestigious school <laughs> that says, you know what, we bring this to the SEC, even though they're the doormat, but they're like the Stanford of the SEC. So you need you need you need that school in that conference. They're they're just, they stink in football, basketball. They've they got Scotty Pippen Jr. Yes, on. I know, I do know they have Scotty Pippen's son. On, uh, I mean they've they've had some decent years here and there, but uh. Vanderbilt's a baseball school. Yes, it is. It, it, yeah, it's very successful in, in, in baseball. Uh, Anchor anything down. Uh, anything else, David? Sure. Uh, getting to the losers, uh, Carson Wentz. Again, I say, you're welcome. Should have just played Jalen Hurts. Uh, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, for everyone thinking that Derek Carr. First of all, for people thinking that Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in the AFC. Don't listen don't listen to your brother, man. Just just Derek now. Like you you may be the third best quarterback in your own division. So let, let's just clear that out the water. Um Saints Broncos was arguably the worst game of football I've seen. And yeah, they they were basically it, having to play Toons is the driving cat at quarterback. <laughs> Like if I I would give both of the, those teams a loss in that game, like no, like that's what, yeah. Um, the New York Jets just because they find new ways to lose, and everyone knows that the writing is on the wall for Adam Gase. Writing should be on the wall for Sam Darnold as well. Like just ship them off to greener pastures. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about it in the offseason if this is Zach's team or Zeke's team. Clearly Zeke just wanted the money because clearly he's, he's lost two steps. And for him at that age, and a lot of the commentators are right, like clearly he was just playing well because he wanted the money. Well, I think, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. If I'm building a team right now, there is at least 20 running backs I would take before Zeke Elliott. 
And I could go one step further and say he's like when everyone's fully healthy, Zeke Elliott's the third best running back in the NFC. Behind Saquon uh, and who else? I would take Antonio Gibson right now, and we saw it on Sunday. Third, we saw it on, on Thursday. Thursday. Because the Wash the Washington football team got a win over the Cowboys. The W. <laughs> the All fighting right. W's. Let's finish it up, David. All right. And then the last L, well, second to last L, just the NFL and college football as a whole, sacrificing their souls for the money, <laughs> and namely just because they pushed back the Ravens Steelers game. And they were going to keep pushing back until they played it. Like it didn't well, matter who was healthy. <laughs> it was not like that was, that was a clear indication for the NFL. They're like, Saints-Broncos, yeah, you know, you can have an entire position from their own accord, kind of not be eligible to play, try to call up here, there, everywhere, try to get a player. But when it comes to Baltimore Ravens, oh, this is a marquee rivalry game. Got to play this one. And clearly, as we saw on Wednesday, like, neither of them teams played well. We didn't look good because we didn't have our running back. We lost, you know. But Dupree, we had some offense. We had some line trouble, particularly on the defense side of the ball. And then Baltimore had literally half the team. Like, they're throwing out Trace McSorley because RG3 ran for 30 yards and then realized, I'm 29. I can't run 30 yards doing all this cutting back and forth. My legs aren't caught for this no more. Like, it, it was just bad altogether. But the NFL wanted the money, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's what they care about. Well, uh, but they had to get the games in. And, and more or less, also, the NFL is showing that we have these certain protocols that are in, and, and most of the teams are following the protocols, and things are going off without a hitch. But when you got guys that are blatantly not following the protocols, going into practice facilities with no mask on and, and doing whatever, or not taking the virus very seriously. I, I, they wanted to send a message like to the Broncos. Sorry, guys. I don't care if you have a quarterback or not. You guys know what the rules are. You know the protocols. If you don't want to lose a quarterback, it's just like any sports team. And I'll I, I use us as an example in high school sports. You know, usually you can you try to have uh, – you can move players up and down as far as freshman, varsity, and JV. You can't do that this year. It, it's basically – this is your var- – it's going to be like Michigan – you got your varsity team, you got your JV team, you got your freshman team. We got to quarantine these people. We can't be crossing and intermingling and stuff like that because if one person gets the virus and they intermingle with everybody, you're going to have a shutdown. So with the Broncos, you got four quarterbacks. Maybe have it where only two of them intermingle with each other. I mean, I, I, it sucks and you got to do a lot of Zoom calling and stuff like that, but you can't be having everybody mingle with each other because let's just be honest. Some people aren't taking the virus seriously, so they're doing whatever the heck they want to do. And then, unfortunately, there are people that are taking it seriously, and it's just inevitable. It's a virus. You might get exposed to it because of a family member or wherever it might be. So the carelessness of the Broncos, I don't feel sorry for them. And the NFL said, we're going to keep this train moving. Don't feel sorry for them. Now, the Ravens did have a, I think, believe a strength and conditioning coach that wasn't following the protocol, wasn't wearing his mask. Once again, the NFL's like, look, you're not. You, what has the NFL shown us? You're not bigger than the shield, and we're going to protect the shield at all costs. And so, 
the Ravens. You weren't following what you were doing. We're going to keep postponing, postponing. And I don't like that a little bit because you're right. It starts to water down the brand. It's bad football. And it can lead to some of your star players getting hurt. So they need to evaluate that. So I, I'm with you as well. I think the winners for the NFL was kind of making an example out of the Broncos. But then the losers was you had two premier teams that are battling out in the AFC North and a team that's probably going to have a record-breaking season. That could go all down the toilet if somebody that's an important cog on the team, and that could be Ben Roethlisberger or someone on special teams for Pittsburgh, gets hurt and it just basically derails their season. So I think there was a winners and losers last week in the NFL. That's just me personally. No, and you're, and you're right. And for us, Bud Dupree is that cog on the defensive side of the ball. And he right. went down with a coordinated ACL. ACL, exactly. And, and that's the second linebacker you lost because you already lost Devin Bush. Bush. Yes. Yeah. So now we're kind of going to practice squad. Like you said, like we're a team that's trying to maintain a hold on first place, knowing that we're only, you know, a half a game ahead of Kansas City, who's reeling, who's surging. And so we're, we're playing a tough schedule. Kansas City has a little bit of an easier schedule. So every matters right. and then yeah so yeah it's, we'll see, we'll yeah. see how the rest well, of the season. and Mike Tomlin even said it you know we look like a JV football team out there <laughs> he said all facets that Mike, Mike Tomlin woo, he really was getting on them that was good winners and losers there David you can always check out David's winners and losers on after further review on SoundCloud and on iTunes take a quick commercial break and guess what we're going to get into the Pick them, pick them. Is it week 13? Yes, it is. We made it to yep. week 13. I, 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 I applaud the NFL for not having a bubble and getting all the way to week 13. I thought they were going to make it without a hitch, but obviously as we've gotten in the middle of November into December, the corona cases have gone up. And I don't think anyone, to be honest with you, I don't think anyone actually thought that would happen. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they thought that was going to happen, but you know what? Well, I, I don't think it would got to this point yet. Yeah. I, I thought we were kind of in the clear. But we'll take a quick commercial break. You listen to 88.3 WHT to add a further review. We'll be back after this.